fresh, new, dripping wet episode of Too Big to Bail. I am one of your hosts, Colton J. Bazinus, and I'm here as always with my, my good buddy, my best pal. It's me, Eric. Eric's here. Eric Dominguez is here. Big, uh, we're the biggest smooth brain guys on this side of the earth, Big and um, and we're here to watch movies. Now, Colton, what is this podcast about? Well, that's a good question, Eric. It's about positivity in the face of uh, challenging entertainment. It is uh, a podcast in which case uh, both you and I spin a wheel. And we each get a movie that we do not believe we are going to enjoy. And we go into it, and we have to find ourselves three reasons to like this thing. Because we are of the belief that every piece of cinema has something worth enjoying. And if we are unable to find such things, then we are punished quite severely with a uh, an episode of a uh, dare I say rather unenjoyable television program. That's correct. But that's uh, this week. We both we both uh, championed championed positivity by making it through both of our both of our movies. That is true, Colton. We did. We powered through. You know. Um, and you know, had I had a, good, a pretty good time good watching these. We had good flicks. We had good some good flicks this yeah. week, huh? Action-packed week for us. That is. That is it. That is it. Blowing into this new year with a with not only a bang but several other bangs, and then explosions. Uh, so why don't we? It was an action week. It was action, 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 action week. Two uh, pretty different action movies in, in tone. Um, but why don't we start with yours because we did watch yours first. Uh, so what did you what did you spend this week, my man? We well we left everybody off and I uh, we got double team. Double um, team. Oh yes. You thought this was uh, another John Claude Van Damme. I did mix so. it up. I thought this was the one where John Claude Van Damme plays twins. It is not. That is definitely right. It is not. This is a movie that is everything wrong with the '90s, <laughs> as far as action films were. were uh, this film was, I think, the peak of like cyber cyber '90s. Yeah, yeah. Uh, movie aesthetic. Very much like um, uh, hacker centric. Yeah, very hacker. I think this is pre hackers. You think so? Yeah, because it came out in 97. They probably filmed it in 96, 95, right? Mm, yeah. And hackers came out, I think, 98. Mm. So hackers is huffing uh, double teams. Actually, never mind. Hackers came out in 95. Okay, so that's this what was, I thought. This, this hackers, I think, hackers. changed the game for a lot of people. Yeah, this was, uh, this was definitely um, this was the uh, mountaintop. Oh yeah, this Everything was after this. very much slurping on Hacker's door. Yeah, so this movie stars, of course, Jean Claude Van Damme, the Great, and also stars ba- basketball superstar Dennis Rodman. Mm-hmm. And this is at the height of Dennis Rodman's basketball career. This this movie was coming out, and this, it wasn't washed up yet. This was him still in playing shape. So this is Do a very think, interesting. Um, that this movie was a possible way for him to transition into being a movie star was that like his hope? Sadly, yeah. Well, I don't know. He's an eccentric guy, so I'm not sure if yeah. this was always a plan or it was just someone showed like gave him the script. And he was like, "Oh, I'll do it." 
<laughs> I don't think it was. He's he doesn't really have a plan. He's not the type of guy. He's not a, a guy plan. with a plan. Yeah, you know what? That kind of yeah. makes sense. He he seems he seems like he's really flying by the seat of his pants. Which God God love him. He seems like he's having a great time. And the villain of this movie was played by Mickey Rourke. Mm, your favorite. My favorite. Love Iron that Man guy. Two Zone. Yes, my favorite villain in the Marvel Cinematic Universe is of course Iron Man Two's. Uh, what was it? Whip Whip Man. Whip Man. His name was Ivan Vanko. Ivan Van Whipman. And uh, did he win an Oscar for The Wrestler, or did he just get nominated? I don't know. He was definitely nominated. And I dare I say, probably deserved it for that one. That one's a good uh, performance. I've never seen it. Never seen it. Oh, it's good, looks, man. It always it's like looks very, depressing. It's, it's super depressing. It's like... It's like one of those like kind of almost on the verge of exploitative like depressing sports movies mm. but it's good i liked it now would you ever name your child mickey because that is that is a choice i don't think mickey is i think mickey is a nickname philip yeah, is philip andre mickey rourke jr yeah no one no one um alive uh has mickey on their birth certificate <laughs> Even Mickey so, Mouse is actually his real name is Michael, Michael Mouse. Yeah, I think he was nominated but did not win. Too bad. Didn't um, but he did win a Golden Globe? Did, he did um, win a Golden the, Globe. Oh gosh, the um, his co-star in that might have won. Um, what is her name? Oh gosh, she's uh, Aunt May right now. Marissa Tomei. Oh, Mr. Tomei. She was nominated, I think, because she plays a kind of similarly down on her luck stripper. Um, but she turns in a hell of a performance. Should we just like talk about the wrestler for a while? Yeah, go for it. I mean, nah, I've never I, seen. I, I, I don't I do really have that it. much more to say about it. I enjoyed it when it came out. I want to see it though. Um, it's worth checking so, out. If you, so it's back to definitely a feel team. bad movie. It was directed. I didn't know this when we were watching. It was directed by a Chinese director. Mm, okay. You might, he's still working Chinese director. He does like it has a lot that kind of like it kind of has that like John Woo actiony feel to it. Yeah, it does, doesn't it? Let me get his name here. Its his name you're, is you're one Park basket of guns away from uh, a John Woo movie. Yeah, he's done. He's he's still uh, he's still in the game. I don't think. Yeah, he's directing stuff now. He's producing. He's big big deal in China. Does well, a lot of good. movies. This so this didn't, I think this, this is, didn't uh, well, stunt his career at all. Despite. I think this was probably his last American movie. I thought <laughs> I, I was reading up, and it looked like it might have been his first American movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's what definitely what it looks like here on his IMDb. First and last, he came to yeah. America and said, "No, thank you." He did. He made a movie, Once Upon a China. Once Upon a Time in China. Yeah, that's supposedly a very good movie. I haven't seen that. Actually, no, he made one more movie called Knockoff, and it uh, does star Jean-Claude Van Damme oh, with so Rob Schneider. So this is with this Rob movie is Schneider. definitely going on the list. Okay. <laughs> Rob Schneider and Jean-Claude Van Damme. You love real Rob. I love real Rob. Give me Rob. <laughs> I'm a Rob head. Surrender the Rob. Surrender, Surrender the, Rob. the Rob. You're in the Rob mob. I'm in the Rob mob. So this movie, Double Team... Jean-Claude Van Damme plays a uh, spy secret agent. He's like a international spy and he uh he Doesn't is, he work um, for the FBI? 
Uh, he works for somebody. I'm not because, sure if like, it's a United States. It seems like it States. should be the it should be like an international agent, but like I think it might be he Interpol. Says be like he says FBI several times throughout the like the FBI like screwed him over. Yeah, but uh, he's like the least FBI guy. Yeah, I work for John FBI. This movie also has, I gotta say, some my one of my saving Silvermans is the costume design for a lot of the extras and, and Dennis Rodman. Well, Dennis uh, Rodman, didn't, Dennis Rodman brought his own clothes for sure. Dennis Rodman dressed himself, but he also Dennis Rodman had some awesome glasses. Oh yeah, remember these glasses? <laughs> yeah, I remember those. The, the little kind the of Oakley, Oakley brand sunglasses. This isn't the Oakley sponsorship. I'm just, I'm just looking at them now. Yeah, they're like circular, with like a huge frame around the top of them. Yeah. Um, so this movie, it, so John Cleese Van Damme is married. He's his wife is expecting child, and he's pulled back into the game because Mickey Rourke, uh, who plays uh, Stravos or Stavos, Stavros, 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 and he pulls him back into the game. He's like one last time, and uh, right, this is like the guy that he's been after for so long, and he just just gets yeah. away. So Jean-Claude Van Damme goes to Dennis Rodman because Dennis Rodman's a well-known arms dealer and gadget maker and works out of the strangest nightclub in all so of he ma- he France. makes the gadgets he he's a gadget maker yeah. okay okay he's, yeah, he was like the, I was under like the impression cute. he was just like a middleman who just like had access to the coolest shit no he's definitely the guy who makes it because he was like well there's never any point where he like has to actually like use his inventive oh i guess there is that one time he where he to, like he makes a bomb out of like a shoe or something yeah uh but he's he works out of this weird nightclub that has um underwater go-go dancers who use a underwater uh, like leather go-go dance yeah go-go dance it's like a yeah, leather club strange. that's like also an aquarium yeah, and they're dancing underneath the water, and it's also like a biker. I don't know. It's such a weird leather. It is a leather yeah. daddy club. Yeah, there's like heavy uh, implications about like um, his kind of mixed sexuality in this, which I thought yeah. was cool. I mean, he's a, and also his hair. His hair changes scene to scene. Yes, well, one I- scene it's leopard print. The next scene it's just green. It's always something it's- new. Yeah, there's always something new. No one ever brings it up. Uh, no one so, does. It's weird. Because it's like, like hey, it seems like it would be something that would take a long time to get done. But he will have had maybe like two hours and have changed his hair. So Jean-Claude Van Damme and his team finally uh, figure out that Stra- Stav- Stravos. What's his name? Stavros? Stavros. Stavros. Stavros is Why don't you say Rourke? Rourke might be easier Mickey, for you. Rourke. Rourke is meeting with his uh, with his wife and child at an amusement park, and they plan to apprehend him there. Whoa. And and uh, there's a dog fight happening outside my door. Oh my god! Are you putting money down? Yeah. You shouldn't be doing that, man. One. <laughs> hey, it's our it's my culture. You can't appropriate it. <laughs> uh. <laughs> okay. Um. This, so, yeah, it's like it's like a weird like Swiss uh, it's, it's Swiss fair in the ma- in like the rain, like the pouring the, rain. The rain, it's really pouring down. It's not like a light yeah, like, it's pouring. Every rain. every location that they they go to is like 
a real stylistic like feast. Yeah, you know they really wanted to ham it up. Um, so he arrives, and then it just it, everything goes to shit because Stavros knew that they would be there. No, I think he like didn't know, but he makes like them. he didn't know, he but he saw them, because, and then he he had his he group that somebody. was there too. Yeah, he makes them and huge yeah gunfight. yeah he brought like yeah he brought back up for sure huge gunfight breaks out and stravos's wife and son get caught in the middle of the uh, f- um fire and the gun shooting and they die and stavros vows vengeance on john claude van damme Can i say rightly so rightly so like in this whole point of, like this part of the movie like it doesn't look like stravos Strav- stavros is that bad of a dude yeah he's o- um, well he has killed a guy at this point we yeah, have seen him murder like an yeah. fbi guy yeah so, and we've been told all kinds of stuff about him fighting breaks out uh jean claude van damme is like running and kicking people slips out of coke can onto somebody's like kick, into a kick <laughs> like his, his his whole action stuff is also saving some like his like oh he's he like, is like all into it like this is a peak this is like awesome this is good john claude van damme stuff really really uh i agree i agree he's doing a lot of a lot of good kick work yeah um then mickey rourke and john claude van damme have a fist fight that is like pretty long i mean it was a good fight i mean good, where does that take place like, in a hospital, it was a children's ward. In a in, a, in the maternity ward. In maternity ward of babies, and they're fighting amongst they're babies. They're using the baby, the baby, the the baby cribs as like weapons. Yeah, they're thrown at each other in them. with babies in them. Uh, Rourke is. I enjoyed that a, fight scene. As that was a good like, fight scene. <laughs> like Jackie Chan likes to pick like weird stuff to use in his fights, and this guy's yeah, like, "It was very much the vein of that." Suck yeah. it, Jackie Chan. We're gonna use fucking babies in our babies. <laughs> babies are our weapon. And I gotta say, Mickey Rourke is jacked in this movie. Yeah, like really jacked. Probably the best shape of his life. Absolutely. And the fight goes on for a while. Uh, how does it end? Oh, M- Mickey Rourke throws a grenade and uh, like into a, like a, bunch a babies. Of babies. Into a no, into like one singular baby's like a basket, and then Jean Claude Van Damme has to take it, throw it back, and then he protects the baby with his body. Right, but he and throws he is, it like onto a security guard. Yeah, who's knocked out. <laughs> R.I.P. That guy. Seems like Jean Claude Van Damme might not be good at his job. No, but he wakes up in this weird. Uh, I would say it's like very uh, a French. Um. Like a, like a kind say, of like Themyscira-esque island. Like yeah, Themyscira-esque island, like a French chateau with a... He wakes up, he thinks he's he's in heaven, or... And it it, it, it just... It, what they describe it as in the description is it is a penal colony. That's what they describe it as. And it's a penal colony filled with ex-spies like from around the world. And he, it's just they called somehow, the colony, right? Yeah, they call it the colony. And he has, and it's weird because they don't. What do they do? They just observe. What's yeah, they happening. like have a spy computer. They can just like kind of see everything in the world, and they don't do. They like they like observe? have the best spy minds that just like try and come up with solutions to the problem. And then I do they have like people on the outside? I don't. It's not don't clear know. how they actually solve problems. No, it is not clear at all. And uh, 
they are a shadow organization that Saturday, is like yeah. they consider themselves above all world police. Yeah, and there's they they have to they, somehow. I'm not sure who made this rule, but they're stuck on this island. There's lasers in the ocean, yeah, so this if you is try the to most swim out, like, protected die. island. Yeah, there's lasers in the ocean, so if you try to swim out, you'll die. If you try to use a boat, you'll your boat will get burst into flames. This is and... uh, I should be pointing out. This is in the this movie does take place in the future. Does it? I think so. I don't think it takes place in 1997. I think it takes place in like a un unstated future. So maybe like 2006. Man, that is crazy. I didn't know that. I'm looking it up right now. I think it does. Uh, I don't see anything to support uh, that I, evidence. I, I think it is, though, because it's a sci-fi movie. There's no way yeah. that they're just like this. This stuff just exists in 1997. <laughs> you know our our water lasers. Our water lasers. So our our junk- supercomputers where we have so VR that doesn't quite work. They have a schedule and like they and one of the things he's they like have to injured too. Like, he's like in recovery. Yeah, yeah. He's in recovery. And they all have to get into this room and watch, like, the world news and then, like, come up with plans on what to do and stuff and schemes. Yeah, they they all have, like, their own specialty of, like, knowledge. And it seems like every person in the... And it's a large group. Uh, Jean-Claude Van Damme is easily the most attractive among them. These are all, like, behind-the-desk spies. Uh, but they have all seemingly been burned at some point by um, Stavros specifically. He's like everyone's white whale is trying to take out Stavros. So Jean-Claude Van Damme vows to get out and and reunite with his wife and unborn child. And to do that, he trains. It's a it's a his arm is broken, right? It's it's like oh, it's his leg. It's his leg. He's like he's a crutch. Yeah, he's a crutch. There's a guy there that doesn't like him who's Australian? Who knows? Big, big, like, bleach big blonde. Bleach dude. blonde boy. So, who is. Jean-Claude starts we meet, to learn we meet the bleach blonde guy when he's, like, like training, breath, like, holding his breath training in, like, the pool. So, he's, so Jean-Claude Van Damme starts to learn the patterns, like, the lasers, the, the lasers in the ocean go off whenever they receive, like, supplies for them for the month or something. Right, but you ha- everyone but has to be in their room with their finger has to be on in the room, scan with their finger on the post. So, so, he starts to come up with an idea of how to escape. So, he starts to train, and he, he vows to get out on his wife's, on, like, he wants to meet, he wants to be there for his wife's birthday. So, he's his training. Bir- I think it's for his yeah. child's birthday. I don't know. Let me see. I'm looking at it now. I think he wants to see the. He birth says, of "Happy his birthday!" Happy is birthday! It? It probably be. for his his and kid. Then, happy birthday! Then it's a butterfly. And his wife does have a butterfly tattoo. <laughs> yeah, I guess. So. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, that's unclear. I guess it could be his wife's birthday or his child's birthday. So could he also somehow. He starts so he starts to train and hold his breath and stuff like that. He has like a clawfoot bathtub. Like this is like a nice, yeah. like very this, nice. This prison not, is nicer shit, than yeah. any home I've ever been in. Yeah, I wouldn't mind living here. So he starts training, sleeps, train, train, does the work, and then he, he has sets a surprising off amount of downtime at this like spy colony. 
Yeah. So, to f truly fulfill his plan, he needs to cut off the top layer of his thumb, his thumbprint. Right. And he does that. And this is the day that he's do planning to do. He's finally going to do it. He holds his breath. Oh, he uses the elaborate Coke can the mechanism. Coke can, the Coke can mechanism that holds up his thumb to the uh, to the scanner. He has a watch that like tracks um, his location but doesn't tell time, so he can't tell yeah. time without the use of cigarettes. Yes, that's exactly true. So he plans it. He finally he's going to do it. He jumps off into the ocean swan dive and it's Directly, a terrible like, it's exactly a terrible as terrible the, dive as it's a terrible jump. dive he literally just like face plants yeah, into the water does, does. <laughs> it's really bad it looks like he's gonna go face first and then he throws his arms up last second yeah it looks very painful whatever whoever did that stunt or maybe it was him maybe it wasn't do you think they got like so, a professional diver sure i mean i mean some i'm not sure if he would do that like if like if they would want him to do that for insurance reasons. Yeah, probably wouldn't want to risk it. It's not like a coordinated mm. fight. It's just like a, anything could happen. Yeah. Uh. So he. So he finally. He, he somehow gets hooked on to like the. Uh, the uh, buoy raft system that they use to drop the stuff off with the boats and. Right, because they the they receive big... they receive drops of supplies, but they also send out supplies i don't know i don't know it's yeah, so i don't know what this they're whole, the whole here. lore of this world is makes no sense right and uh, i was reading i was reading that the the colony stuff was originally like the bulk of the script the movie i could tell yeah it was just it was like it was a really quick get in get out yeah of, it ended up being about 20 minutes of a yeah. of an escape plot line <laughs> yeah so the big blonde guy. So everybody on this colony has like a someone who's watching them, but nobody knows who that is. So his guy was the big blonde guy from the origin from the uh, earlier in the right. The but scene. he was never assigned someone to watch. We don't know. Oh yeah, that is true. He was never assigned anybody to watch. Maybe because he was so in. He was a new guy. Did, maybe yeah, maybe you just have to be there for long enough. Yeah. But then again, they they say that like everyone gets one person who watches over him, but he appears to have two because. The guy yeah. uh, who plays Belloc from um, Raiders of the Lost Ark, he's kind of like his mentor on the yeah. in the colony. He comes back into the and also room. seems to kind of be in charge of the colony. I don't know; Paul it's Freeman. unclear. And but he also reveals at the end that he is has is his watcher who will, will track him down if yeah, he leaves. Yeah, that's so weird. So I think that the big blonde guy just doesn't well, like, just him. like him. Like <laughs> him, just yeah, like thinks I, he sucks. Yeah. So then it get the package gets picked up by a plane, and he's hanging off of it. Right, well, and, a plane that uh, will not land. A plane that, that it's land. a hook. Yeah. It's a hook pickup. Skyhook. Yeah, it's a hook. Skyhook. And he, uh, it, it's very, very, very Tom Cruisey type of action scene. You remember in in For, the Dark Knight where they like introduced the skyhook thing, and it seems like such a like crazy thing. Well, that one's even weirder because they well, use a like balloon. a balloon. Yeah, it's a balloon. Yeah, but like. It works. I guess People I've use. seen skyhooking in like six other movies that like came before it. And I was like, wait, why? <laughs> why were we so impressed with skyhooking? <laughs> it's interesting that a plane moving in the air and it's grabbing something. I don't know. I mean, yeah, I guess I guess so often does it. How often does it actually come up that a plane can't land to load? How important is the stuff that they're picking up? <laughs> I don't know. But well, the thing is, it's in the middle of the ocean with lasers. 
yeah, but they don't make it. They don't like guard it that heavily, and they let it flap I, in the wind for a while. Yeah, with yeah. him just hanging on. I can't. And I it can't takes imagine them what forever it is. to see him. What is it? What could it possibly be? What are they know. transporting off this island? <laughs> yeah, they're not like, growing is, anything. Is it information? Because they have the internet clearly. Yeah, they have ma- mailers. It's like a big there. square like package. Like, what could it possibly be? It's the so laundry. Is, it's the laundry. It's a. It's the laundry. That's exactly what it is. That's exactly what. <laughs> they got this guy hook out the laundry. They're, they're, they're too fancy to do. They don't have laundry machines. They don't have, on they their have everything. Everything is fancy as fuck except for the laundry. We do not have yeah. that on on island. So Jean Claude Van Damme escapes and he uh, he he meets up or he finds Dennis Rodman because he needs Dem- Dennis Rodman's uh, gear and stuff. Right. And Dennis, Dennis Rodman, Rodman closed is, his club for the night. Close club for the night. Now his hair is like rainbow pattern, and they he gives them they they kind of team up for a little bit. Like this is like kind of like a prelude to what's going to happen eventually, right? But, but it seems like Rodman doesn't believe that it's going to be a team up. He thinks it's going to be like kind of a customer uh, yeah. seller interaction. So then he he uh, he hires Rodman to fly. He him and Rodman team up and they get out. They they give him stuff and then they jump out of a plane. Right. He asks Rodman if he can fly, but then does hire <gasps> a does yes. hire another pilot. He, D- Dennis Rodman came up with he uh, created this uh, technology where it's when you jump out of a plane inside a parachute, you just form a ball. Oh yeah, it's like a big jumbo ball. <laughs> big jumbo ball. And he's like he's like this works. I used it. And now his hair is now, uh, I think it looks like it's, it's, like a it's just blonde. It's blonde. Uh, and now it has like just weird the, patterns. The leopard's stripe, right? I, w- I wouldn't say leopards. No, I would not say leopard. Mm-hmm. They look he does different. get, he does get leopard spots at some point. Yeah. At some point. Yeah. I think it's so when he has meets... the green, it's the green hair with black leopard spots. Yeah. Which is so he, uh, sick. what a cool look. So he finds his. So he goes back to his house and he finds that his wife has given birth. He but pretty much, he pretty much um, kidnaps Rodman. Like he like pushes him out of the plane. Yeah. Like demands that he get involved. Yeah. So Jean Claude Van Damme sneaks into his house and it was all set a trap. It was a trap set by Mickey Rourke to uh, to kill him. Right. And he somehow escapes. There's like an au pair yeah. there who like an au pair is armed to the T. Everybody's taking, armed. She's taking care of a baby that is actually a bomb. Yeah. They uh they surround him. He somehow escapes. He kills the au pair. And, that was a uh, weird scene. That was a weird scene. His she whole comes, house blows up. She comes out of it after the bomb has gone off, but she's been With taking black, care of the baby. So, so yeah. she should know that it's a bomb. Like, yeah. she should see the counter on it, but she's walking out like fucking Elmer mm-hmm. Fudd that didn't realize that the baby she was taking care of was just a big stick of dynamite. So, they so they realize it was a trap, and they set out to find Stravo, Stavros. There is a lot work. of, like, Looney Tune violence in yeah. this. Yeah. So then one of my favorite scenes is Dennis Rodman driving a small Italian Fiat. Oh, yeah. He sticks with his, his head, head out peeking at the, the, the top of the sunroof. And it's him driving down the road with John Claude Van Damme in the passenger seat. We said Very that he, good should scene. Be, he should be subbed into the Mr. Bean movie. Yeah, that was a really good scene. <laughs> He's just driving. And they, they they make their way down to like a... I want to I say they're in Italy. But I, I, oh yeah, they're I think in Rome. Rome. Yeah, yeah, they're in Rome, and they find out, they figure out that 
where, when, and where. How do they get to Rome? Because John Claude Van Damme doesn't live in Rome, right? They drive the small car. They drive the small car all the way to Rome. Doesn't he live in like Switzerland? I don't know. <laughs> they don't give us like where they. They don't, you know, like most Bible movies, right. like this is Spain. I, I think I think we gotta say that like the wife is um is an artist, a, a, like a shitty yes. sculpture artist. Yes, and, and she's in she, Rome. And her her trick, she was tricked to going to Rome because uh, Stavros set up like a fake art show for her. Yes. Um, instead of outright kidnapping her, he gets her to Rome where he does kidnap her there. It's a little convoluted, but... A little convoluted. So, they end up in Rome, and they put on disguises in Rome, and they're oh, hanging yeah. out with the with the goth scene in well, Rome. Well, one of them well, puts on Well, John Clyde Van Damme is hanging out with the goth kids, and, and, De- guess, and Dennis you know Rodman what? has, like, a I guess Dennis Rodman does suit. put on a disguise, because for the first time in the movie, he's wearing, like, a suit. He's not... He doesn't he's wearing look a suit like, and fedora. He doesn't look like a space clown. Yeah. He's wearing a suit and fedora. John Clyde Van That's a good look for wife. him to be yeah. like. To be honest, I'd watch a whole movie of Dennis Rodman as like as like a detective, as Dick Tracy. Yeah, like a Dick Tracy. <laughs> yeah, Dick Tracy. <laughs> Dennis Rodman is Dick Tracy. Dick Tracy so, should be like should be like a mantle that gets passed on. To, like uh, it's like the James Bond thing. It just like gets yes. passed on to a different actor every so yes. often. That'd be awesome. So Jean-Claude Van Damme sees his wife and he blows his cover and Mickey Rourke's people, Mickey Rourke meets up with him and then now there's a huge shootout in this big plaza in Rome. Yeah, in the public square in Rome. A lot of people go crazy. Also, like I feel like government agency is also in on there this is too. There is something. Like, yeah. Well, I think like I think the thing is that's the colony. The colony is also kind of like ghost helping uh, yeah. John Claude track track the guy. They don't like get too involved, but they know that they're gonna get they're gonna get John Claude eventually. <laughs> but they want to follow him to getting Mickey Rourke. It's not clear. The whole colony thing is is. Weird. pretty much fucking wasted in this yeah John, uh, Dennis Rodman has his first fight scene beats up this dude in the back of a car oh yeah, in the Fiat right in, in the Fiat yeah and he he beats him up and then he like walks away he, beats, <laughs> he like he, he just like jog- oh fast he grabs him over the car dude he grabs him over the car and launches him into a moving van oh. and runs away Jesus Christ <laughs> Uh, then we get fast forward, and then we see the guy he just did that to, and he has, like, cuts all over oh, his yeah, face. Oh, yeah, that dude is fucked up. But he comes back. He does come back. To get his ass kicked once again very easily by Dennis Rodman. And then we fast forward to Jean-Claude Van Damme, like, in this nice hotel room. He feel I think he's, like, on he Stavros, He's thinking he that he's either going to get Stavros or his wife. Yeah, or he, he just, he just he, ends he up, like, fighting two. He's literally never close to any of them. He fights this Asian dude like like this really it was a really intense fight scene between him and this Asian guy. Yeah, this guy and, that we uh, see for the first time and feels it all I like eventually it's clear that this guy works for Stavros. Oh my god. But this at is first this, this when is, we like run into him, it feels like John Claude has just kinda entered the wrong room and this guy's like, Not today. Wrong movie. You're in the wrong movie. But this guy also he uh the best part about him is he takes off his shoe. And he's like a instead knife. of he's has a knife between his toes, like he's grabbing this knife, this like, it's like a this switch like switchblade, switchblade, and he has it in his knife. Doesn't he open awesome it with fight. his feet too? He like opens yeah. the switchblade. Yes, yes. <laughs> like Wolverine. 
Yes, I'm looking at it now. It's crazy. It's just, it's not even like a t- it's like taped to his foot. It's like he's holding it. Yeah, he's like his holding big it toe and his in his index toe. It had to be taped to his foot too. Yeah, for sure. There's no way. Um, this is a really fun fight scene. Yeah. As far as he has like, like a couple of weapons stuff. hidden on his person. Yes. And he's just like, and John Claude Van Damme eventually beats, like, chokes him out. Do you remember and... they, 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 there's like a weird close up of like John Claude Van Damme, like, eyeballing the silk sheets? Like, that's yes. going to be involved in his, like, finishing like, move, and it never sheets. comes into play. No. no. <laughs> the director just um, had a boner for Swift for those sheets. Because um, the guy pulls out, he has like, he has like a piano wire thing, too, right? Yeah. That he, he cuts through, wire. he, like, cuts through, like, the wooden door with. Yeah, and then it's a then we transition to a scene of of Jean Claude Van Damme's wife. Wait, in how does labor. he kill? How does he kill the guy? He just throws him against the wall. And he like not passes out. Really? He doesn't like kill yeah. him. Kill him? No, he just like throws him against the wall, and he like he's like oh. Does no, Jean Claude yeah, just... Van Damme like actively kill anybody in the movie? Uh, I don't think so. I'm watching all the scene. I'm like I'm rewatching the movie right now, and I don't have he hasn't killed anybody. Hmm. It's just been like um, happenstance, like they they kill themselves because of their own like petard. Yeah, and it turns out that Jean Claude Van Damme's wife has not given uh, birth yet, but she's in induced labor with Mickey Rourke's goons all around her. Right, and there's something and, with the doctor, the lady doctor, who is like, and like they look her up for some reason, and I don't yeah. know, I don't know why. It never, it's never clear. So then Jean-Claude Van Damme is somehow led to the catacombs of Rome where he meets a monk. A monk. And then a monk takes him to this weird... A monk who uh, knows... who knows. Uh, we have not yet mentioned what Dennis Rodman's character is named. No. It's Yaz. Yes. It's Yaz, but they don't, do they say it? They, this, is where is they, yes. well, this is where I yeah. first remembered yeah. noting it because he goes, are you friends of Brother Yaz? Yes. And they, he brings him into this underground catacombs and it's the cyber monks, the best they part of the movie. They set up an insane like network of wires and shit where they have <laughs> like underground computers. Information gathering these cyber fucking monks. fucking in like monk robes and with shaved heads and everything are like just like hacking. Constantly, Hacking, dude, and it's and it. And, then, and there's Rodman's like a porn like pop up, and he's like, oh, oh, and the, the monk oh, yeah. like knocks it out, and it's like, internet, internet, cyber monks, they call them. They they do call them cyber monks. Is that one of your saving silvermans? Yeah, that's the last one. That's uh, that's monks. a big one for me. That one, yeah. that one was great. So then they somehow the cyber monks figure out that. Uh, that uh, Make Your Works character is going to be in the uh, Coliseum waiting for him, or, like, in the Coliseum somehow. Yeah. And th- that's where the final fight is. The- his wife gives birth to their child. Well, that's that's is... where they, they, the cyber monks look up the weird doctor lady, and then yeah. that's they use that information to track down where she is, and she is in the Coliseum, I guess. Yeah. And the doctor lady kills somebody. Right, because she doesn't want to be a bad guy. She doesn't realize yeah. she's part of like an evil plan. Yeah. So Dennis, so they all, everything's converging onto the uh, Coliseum, and Mickey Rourke is gonna go. Uh, Stavros has his child as um, bait, so he's gonna go save his child. Right. 
and that's where the final he tells uh, he he uh, well he gets his wife first and yeah he gets his he, wife he protects he, he like wife. gets the goons away from the wife and then he asked Dennis Rodman to stay with the wife to make sure that no goons come after and Dennis Rodman of course like yeah of course that's easy I'm out of the movie done yeah but then he says like nah I'm coming back literally <laughs> two minutes later he comes back is like I left your wife it's fine I left your wife uh, so then he walks into the middle of the Coliseum. Mickey Rourke is shirtless. He is ripped. Yeah. In the middle of a Coliseum, and there's these weird uh, little crosses on the ground. It turns out there's to be landmines everywhere. Yeah, he's landmined the fucking Coliseum. Coliseum, and then he releases a tiger. <laughs> yeah. Into the Coliseum to kill Jean Claude Van Damme. And it's, I think it's the tiger we saw at the at the theme park where you his, think so? his, his probably family is the died. same tiger. Yeah. Jean-Claude Van Damme somehow escapes and runs into the stands, and the tiger is going crazy. Everything is going well, crazy. Right, Nothing the, is working out. Well, the baby is in the middle of the of the sand, surrounded yeah. by landmines, and then a tiger is is walking around. And so Jean-Claude Van Damme has to, like, get the baby, avoid the tiger, avoid the mines. Um, but that's when... That's when um, What's his name? Uh, the Yaz comes back on like a motorcycle. He like motorcycles yeah, motorcycle in, grabs scoops the, the, baby, the baby basket, puts the baby in the safe spot. And yeah, he then, just tucks it somewhere in the fucking catacombs. Yeah, it's cousin, he's with like, a tiger running around. He's like, it'll be fine. It'll be fine. The tiger and John Claude Van Damme are fighting, and then John Claude Van Damme somehow like lures the tiger onto this on like onto this wooden like bridge area oh, yeah. knocks the bridge down tiger falls down and it falls like right on top of a a, a baddie a bad a, a goon oh yeah he goon he, kills he surprised goon. tigers of goon for sure yeah and the guy who's like oh fuck uh dennis it's Rodman's the, shirtless it's, throughout it's the this guy um it's the guy that dennis Rodman beat up that guy just can't win no he cannot win um, Dennis Rodman and that him team up. The Tigers on the loose. Right. Dennis Rodman takes his shirt off for no reason. No reason. Jean Claude Van Damme is and Mickey Rourke finally have their. Oh my God! The epic trip scene where Jean Claude Van Damme is running at full speed and Mickey Rourke trips him and Jean Claude Van Damme skids like five Oof. feet. <laughs> like epic trip, and it looks so painful. And. The, this oh yeah, because he like skids like on his face. Yeah, like on across his face. The, oh god, across the like gravel ground. Like not he's even fine. Pavement. Like, but his his face would be fucked up if that was real. And then Mickey Rourke and Jonathan Damme have this epic fight. Mickey Rourke is just like, like he he looks so much more. I don't know what happened. This was like, he he literally like. Uh, beats yeah, the shit out of Jean Claude. It's like an equal fight. He's ripped, and like they're. It's like a blows. legit fight. It's not like just like a, a martial fight. artist yeah. fighting an actor. It fe- it feels like a good like. They're they're one for one here. Yeah. Uh, it somehow uh it ends up with Stavros in the minefield. Right. The, and, and then um, he steps on a mine. Right. He steps on a mine. Oh no. Uh, Dennis Rodman, tr- like he, he, moves he switches, the... he he switches with the markers of the mines, and it tricks, and he gets Mickey Rourke to step on a mine, and right, and we don't see him so do Mickey, that. We just yeah, Mickey find Rourke, out yeah. it's something that he did. Mickey Rourke has to decide whether he wants to be mauled by a tiger or explode, and he chooses to explode because the tiger is like in the middle, coming right, right. at him. Right, he's like fuck. He and explodes, like, and it sets off the other mines, and it's such a large it's, explosion. It's, 
such an exaggerated explosion. It, it doesn't make a lick of sense. It would have had you know, to how be how big it is. It destroys like, the Coliseum. The fire is like it, yeah, it literally destroys the Coliseum, but they are protected um yeah. because of products of coke cans of coke of coke vending machines mm-hmm. line there's so many of them and he and dennis robin holds one over the the uh explosion of the fire and that's what protects them yep. <laughs> and then the movie ends well then Mickey then Ro- um uh the, they, the frenchman the, from from the, the colony, colony shows up has the baby well, he showed up earlier and like helps, earlier he helps was, kind of but then he immediately of. turns on he turns on um on what is his name fucking John Claude Van Damme, and says like I'm gonna have to take you in. And he's like, do you though? And then the guy like clearly is gonna let him go. Yeah. Uh, and yet still Dennis Rodman pulls his fucking smoke grenade out and smoke grenades him. Yeah. So then so he can get away. It doesn't. <laughs> and then Dennis Rodman's like. You know they're you gonna it. blame me for this one. <laughs> the wait, the movie ends in a really weird. This is how the movie ends. Dennis Rodman and the French colony men. The French colony guy gets into the car. Dennis Rodman leans over and he says, "Now it's my turn to disappear." The car starts. Toodaloo, the Frenchman says, and Dennis Rodman just waves goodbye and he's he like, says, "Toodaloo, toodaloo," and then it. Dennis Rodman is looking over the destruction. Well, you bet. Oh wait, what does he say? Hold on, I gotta say this pretty good. Gonna... <laughs> okay. You bet your ass they're gonna blame me for this one, and <laughs> then it just ends. <laughs> and then it plays. The song that ends it is a Dennis Rodman song. Oh hell yeah! That's what it's all about, baby. Yeah. That's fun, yeah, man. It's that was a yeah, fun. I had a fun time was, with this movie. That was a good fun movie. That was it double is, team. Uh, yeah. <laughs> pretty wacky like the style is over the top but it is they are going for it they're very much so going for it all right so before we move on to mine i've got a little i've got a fun little trivia i have one bit of trivia and then one uh game for you to play okay all right so this is not this is kind of tangentially related but like the next movie that john claude van damme was supposed to star in after double team was an action horror movie called abominable which was described as predator in the snow uh his character would uh have to save a group of people lost in the snowy mountains from an abominable snowman um unfortunately this was pulled because this movie did very badly and the studio that was behind that movie uh, started to recognize the uh, the trend, the downward trend of of uh, John Claude Van Damme's star going out. So mm, we were denied John Claude Van Damme fist fighting the abominable snowman because of double team. <laughs> and, because and, of double team, it's a bummer. Yeah. Uh, all right. So this is going to be uh, two truths and a lie. Uh, I'm going to okay. give you three. Uh, IMDB trivia facts, and you have to tell me which one is not true. Okay. Okay. So, uh, this was the first movie to use Coca-Cola vending machines as product placement uh, when Jack, Yaz, and Alex hide behind one during the film's climax. Mm-hmm. Um, the production was forbidden from shooting within the actual Colosseum in Rome, so a large chunk of the budget went into recreating it in great detail, uh, or 
Mickey Rourke underwent a serious martial arts training regime to obtain phys the physical appearance in the film and to prepare for his fight with Jean-Claude Van Damme. Hmm, Which I think one the lie was, ain't true? I think the first oh. one. The product placement? Yeah. yeah. That one is true, I'm afraid. It is that what? the... Uh, the production company was allowed to shoot in the Coliseum, and they were actually the last movie that was allowed to shoot in the Coliseum. That you know? is crazy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I assume it's because they blew it up. That is and true. And it's gone. We don't have that anymore. <laughs> they blew it up. All um, right. Well, that's that's my trivia for you. I have way more in the next movie <laughs> that you get huh? to play. I have way more trivia for the next movie uh, okay. that you get to play along with. So... That was pretty enjoyable. Um, on a different kind of spectrum, uh, I got to watch uh, uh, Death Wish 3. Death Wish 3, baby. Um, have you seen the first Death Wish? The I've original? seen the first Death Wish, um, and I, I have seen not it. seen the second, or any of the others, actually. <laughs> Just uh, the first. The first one is like really gritty, like vigilante movie, and... It's fine. Vigilante. I mean, it's got its highs. It's got its lows. Um, it's kind of wild something. that this is like the, the the movie that became a series that kind of defined uh, Charles Bronson's career. Yeah, it is weird. This is it. This is all it. So this. Uh, this is the third entry into the series. It is our first uh, dive into the films of the Canon Film Group. No, oh, yes, uh, this is our so, first Canon film. Yeah, so we got to give it up for uh, the the killer combo of Golan and Globus. Uh, all right, so Paul Kersey, who I think he has changed his name a couple of times. Like I, I supposedly the second movie goes to L.A. and he I guess goes by something else, and he's maybe changed it again to come back to New York. So but, he changes his name, huh? So the man changes his name. I think it's Paul, but I think it's just his last name he changes. I don't know. It's not mm -hmm. that important. Uh, but we start off with like a real jazzy intro as he's driving into New York City. Uh, he's just taking he's taking the bus into New taking York. Taking the bus and this epic soundtrack is playing. Oh yeah. It feels like it feels like a sitcom starting. Yeah. Um it's like he, this is actually gonna be a uplifting Death right? Uh so Paul Kersey is returning to New York City after uh being banned for a history of vigilante justice. Uh he's coming back to visit his Korean war buddy Charlie. Who we see getting attacked like in the first scene by a uh, gang, Home Invader. a gang of their their leather chain punks who all have like this marking on their head that is just like it looks like a pause button with like a slash through it. Um, yeah. So the neighbors hear the commotion of that happening and they call the police. So Paul arrives at Charlie's apartment. Just in time to see Charlie collapse and like die in his arms, and Charlie before he dies is like, "Take care of my things, Paul. They're Take important." Take care of my things, please. Take so care of my apartment. The police automatically think Paul has murdered Charlie, and they arrest him. Um, and so they put him in the police station where it is chock a block with just like weird stereotypes of like 
different kinds of gangs. Like there's yeah. like motorcycle guys. There's like a big fat punk. There's like, and and then there's just like this like little old man that they've brought in with his little mustache <laughs> and his salt and pepper hair. Uh, and everybody immediately wants to fight him. <laughs> and it turns out Paul has like weird old man strength. Um, yeah. Oh, Can't I also move, wanted like, to yeah. note, note that like on the um the in the kind of montage coming into the city, uh, Charles Bronson looks pretty bummed to be in this movie. He looks depressed. Yeah. Uh. So. Oh, and when they're beating up Charlie, the gang is talking to him like they like he owes them money. Yes. How? I don't know. It's like, this gang also is like it's very like Mad ever, Max. There's no rules. There's yeah, no rules to this, what they do. This, they don't like seem like they have like a racket that they run. They seem like they just cause chaos and like steal shit. Yeah, they steal shit. Like, like they there's they no walk other scenes of them collecting money from people. Like it don't I don't know I don't know what that is. Um, but hey, one of the one of the punks is uh is one of my saving Silvermans. And that's uh, uh. Is it the big, the main punk? It's not the main punk. It's actually a side punk named Alex Winters. Oh, of course. Uh, actor right. Alex Winters plays a punk named Hermosa, which Hermosa. seems mm, iffy as far as uh, racially speaking. <laughs> uh, but he's, he's very there. Much white he's punk. baby-faced. He's like he's like. I think this is before um, Bill. Well, and Hermosa means beautiful in Spanish, so you know oh. he's the young, beautiful kid. There's a lot of like Spanish people in the game. I gotta say, their nicknames were very interesting. The there, Giggler, so, there is the some Giggler? fun nicknames, um, but and there's a lot of Spanish people in the game. But Alex Winters is not among them. No, he is not. Uh, okay, so the prison is or the jail is just like a super sweaty and smoky looking room, um, and then eventually. Uh, Paul gets called in to see, I guess the chief, I think is what he is. And he's like, he's like one of the only other actors that I did recognize from other things. Um, I think his name is, well, it's not important. He, he's like, he always, he's like famously always plays a hard ass guy. Um, and he's the chief of police and he somehow recognizes Paul from the first movie uh, and he he understands his name is Schreiker in the movie. He's Chief Schreiker, uh, which I wrote down in all caps because I thought that'd be a really fun. That's like a good detective name, like Schreiker. Schreiker, what are you doing, Schreiker? Um, and Schreiker keeps calling him dude in a yes. very weird way. He's like, dude, what, what are you doing? What are you gonna do, dude? What are you gonna do, dude? <laughs> it's it's very much like a dad trying to talk to like their cool teen son by calling them dude. Um, so and he does it a bunch, and it's very funny to me. Um, and I think they're gonna try and. It seems like they put him in this cell to test him, kind of. And so a couple know. guys like try they... to attack him, and he literally old man strength beats the shit out of these fucking dudes. Like he shoves a man's 
oversized head between the prison bars, oh my God, through the which prison is not bars. doable. Like the whole reason that they're there, so you can't do that. Uh, but in there, he meets like the gang leader, who is like this lanky. He looks like a serial killer. He's like a serial killer-looking guy. He has, for some reason, shaved the middle of his head down like yes. a line. And we uh, we see when he's back in gang makeup, it's so that he can do like the the uh, like a line that goes all the way. He like does like a lipstick line that just goes from his forehead through his shaved head down to the back of his head. Yes. Um, and maybe that's just the symbol of being the leader of the gang. Uh, I don't know what it. I think it's just him. It's that's just, just fucking him. craziness. Um. So, Shriker keeps calling him dude and is basically. <laughs> what happens is Shriker decides that crime is so bad in his, his area here that he is gonna <laughs> let. He's gonna let Paul go on the street to quote unquote do his thing. <laughs> do your thing, baby. <laughs> And he's like, don't forget, you're going to work for me, but you're going to just go out there. You're going to do your thing. Uh, So he's basically a hired vigilante that the police are setting loose on the street to clean up this gang because they cannot seem to do a good enough job on their own. Or maybe it's they have rules that they have to follow. And Paul, as a vigilante, can cut through that. I don't follow Um, it's not like um it's not exactly like a Batman Jim Gordon situation. Um it's <laughs> it's like if like Paul seems to like be like okay he like he could go either way. He'd be fine if he went to jail right now. Um I don't know. There's such the, there's this like apathy to to um Charles Bronson's performance is just like he'd like to just like go out and live a nice life but he's fine he will literally do whatever uh and so he's let loose on the street so where he goes back to Charlie's apartment uh where he meets another old man um who says he was friends with Charlie um and he's like oh how did you know Charlie well we were in World War II together so Charlie was in both World War II and the Korean War um Mm -hmm. A lot of people were where he made a lot of where he made a lot of friends, I guess. Um, and so this man gives gives uh, gives Paul the key to Charlie's apartment and is like kind of giving him the lowdown on like, look, people are f- afraid to live here. People are there's gangs. Things are bad. Um, so oh, I wanted to note that the the style of the gangs, they are kind of dressed like the Lost Boys in um, in Hook. They are, yeah. I would say the evil Lost Boys. Yeah, they're like evil Lost Boys. Not like the, the vampire Lost Boys, but like the, the the gang Lost Boys. Yeah. Um. And one of my Saving Silvermans is actually the, the chain work that is done. Because uh, there is not a single costume that does not consist of at least one chain. Um, most most of them have way more. Um, yeah. But that's how you can really recognize a gang member is by the amount of chains they have. 
Uh, a lot of them are used as weapons sometimes. Sometimes it's like very thick, like motorcycle chains. And you can see like, they, it's clearly like rubber, but they use them to like beat people over the head. It's like a chain heavy movie. And I like that. Um, so Deanna Troy is in this movie. The actress who plays Deanna Troy. Um, she, I don't believe is the same ethnicity as what she's playing in this movie, which is kind of bad. Um, but that's not the only bad thing about this character, because this character, uh, exists exclusively to be a rape victim. Uh, is it, which is an mm. ongoing theme in a lot mm. of the, uh, the, Definitely in the Death in Wish the, movies, in, I understand. In Death Wish movies, yeah. Uh... Okay, well, I think I've skipped something accidentally, and that is, of course, the love interest that we meet, who is the defense attorney who wants to, uh, who tries to convince Paul to press charges against the police for falsely arresting him, um, and it, who is not suspicious at all when Paul's like, no, it's fine, I don't even care. <laughs> like, you don't want to hey, press charge, they, like, put you in jail and tried to beat you and stuff. He's like, no, it's cool. It's what I deserve. It's when I age when I deserve. I'm gonna try and perfect my Charles Bronson voice. I'm dirt. I'm cheap. I'm nothing. I'm nothing. Spit in my face if you wanna, please. <laughs> Choke me. Choke me, daddy. <laughs> so, um. Mr. Vigilante is on the street. He's back in the... He's 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 kind of uh, recognizing that this gang is the problem in the neighborhood. Um, Manny Fraker is the name of the gang leader. I don't think we ever get told that, but that's kind of fun to know. Um, This summary says that the police say he can kill all the punks he wants as long as he informs Schreiker of any gang activity he hears about. So the police can get the bust and make news. So the police are trying to take credit for what he does so they can get better press so that the public will be on their side. Um, It's pretty wild. I don't know. (laughs) Very strange. Uh, So... The building is populated by one young couple who is the the um uh the Deanna Troy and uh gosh what was the other guy's name? There's all right, so it's one his one young Hispanic couple, Rodriguez, that's his name. Yes, his wife Maria. Yes. And then everyone else in the building is elderly. Uh there is of course Mr. and Mrs. Kaprov. Uh, an elderly Jewish couple, of course. A uh, and then there's a few other like Polish folks there, but they're all old except for uh, Rodriguez and his wife. <clears throat> so, where do I go from here? Well, that's a great question. Doesn't he? Uh, he gets he he gets himself he invited to. Traps, to right? What's that? Just set to his uh, home alone traps. Oh, he does. He does set some traps. Um, I think the first thing he does is the trap he sets is he goes and buys a car, uh, and puts it outside as like gang trap. 
Um, gang bait. It's a nice. It's a. It, it looks like a nice car. I mean, it's, it's like a. It looks time. fine. Yeah, it's like clean. Yeah. It's got yeah. a radio. <laughs> it's got a radio. <laughs> uh, he pays cash for it. So he does. Um, he gets invited to dinner at the Kaprovs, and he while he's there, he just like hears gang members breaking into his car, and he literally like excuses himself from dinner. He like steps out to kill people. He's like, "You mean excuse me?" And he walks outside and just like <laughs> shoots these two guys, just like dead in the in. street. He does like just kill them <laughs> yeah. in the street with absolutely zero repercussion. He kills two gang members. Um, and then uh, a, a a young black child sees him and says, "Right on, man! Right on, man!" That's a theme. That's a, that's the saying of the uh, whole yeah. Community. That is that is actually uh, the whenever the neighborhood gets behind Paul, they do all say, "Right on, right on, man!" Uh, so after that, he decides to kind of Kevin McAllister his house, and he basically I gets think like Kevin McAllister is the whole apartment <laughs> complex. Yeah, he's like weird old. If Kevin McAllister had like a weird, dangerous old grandpa, this would yeah. be him. So he gets like a big piece of wood and just like hammers rusty nails through the bottom of it and puts it by his window. And uh, every time he goes out, he comes back and he checks, and there is a new bit of blood on this as someone has tried to break in and severely fucked themselves up. Yeah, one of them was the. Uh, he had like nails on a piece of plywood like right where the window is and they yeah. would step you they, they he would if he and then would he sets in, up like, one for the uh for the caprovs in there because they're tired of people coming in their window and stealing yeah. their stuff and Which basically like a, it's like a mouse trap so basically when they put pressure on the window a big board comes up and just bonks them on the head yeah really hard too really hard hard enough to knock their teeth out <laughs> into the board into the sticking into the board um, so one of the main, uh, one of the main gang members is a young fella named the Giggler because he, <laughs> the Giggler. He, he giggles as he, as he steals things and everybody he, knows he, this guy. Everybody hates him. Everyone hates <laughs> the Giggler. Everyone in the gang is like, you gotta giggler. love the Giggler. Uh, and the giggler, the giggler, his whole deal is that he is very fast. He is a fast runner. Uh, Paul Kersey and his old man strength can't catch him. No one can. No one really, yeah. Uh, so that's established. Um, he's trying to catch the giggler one night, and he uh, manages to stop Maria from getting raped by... Oh, Alex Winters jumps on her car and says... Come here, bitch! A bunch of times. Uh, I yeah. want. I'm gonna get you, bitch. Stuff like that. <laughs> um, Classic stuff. Yeah. So twice he kind of protects her throughout the movie. Um, oh, my! Here's a, a line that I really enjoyed. Um, when when he, the uh, the Kaparovs are telling him about like their apartment getting broken into a bunch of time. They go, they're roof rats, and so he literally yes. sets a rat trap for the roof rats. That's I thought that was fun. Um, then he, of course, uh, finds the solution to 
uh, oh, uh, this is unfortunate what happens here, is that after saving Maria twice, um, he is unable to save her a third time where she is kidnapped, she is assaulted, and she is raped. And it is Ugh. gross. Uh, it is bad. It is a bad scene. And then um, she dies from her injuries in a hospital. But they do call the hospital calls them and says that she just has a broken arm so they get to the hospital and the doctor's like i'm sorry she died and paul's like what do you you told me she had a broken arm he's like yeah uh, you can die from that now uh so (laughs) i guess the blood vessels in her broken arm dislodged and went into her heart and she had a heart attack because of her broken arm uh, I think that after filming a bad rape scene, uh, the, the actress probably did not want to be in the rest of the movie. Mm-hmm. And the uh, writers and filmmakers uh, said, well, that's actually great. We can just use her as uh, inspiration for the husband, which is a shitty approach to that. Yeah. Uh, so I, I really I, I have a real... Uh, sticking sticking point is I don't like when movies use like rape as like inspiration for characters. Mm-hmm. I think that kind of sucks. Uh, I mean, this was like a when was this movie made? This was like the seventies, eighty. Right? No, this was in the eighties. Uh, the first Oof. one was in the seventies, uh, and maybe even the second one, but this one was in nineteen eighty five. Ugh. So that sucks. Uh, but now. Rodrigo Rodriguez is fully on Paul's side and I mean the whole neighborhood pretty much is like pretty quick to be like hey Paul's out here killing people this is sick this is awesome we right love on, man right on man please kill more people um so Paul is kind of brag is tr- Paul and Rodriguez try to f- uh, catch the giggler but they can't he's too dang fast. Um, so what he does is he says, ah, I got, I know someone who could stop the giggler. It's my friend wildly. And they're like, oh, I can't wait to meet this guy wildly. Who's this going to be? Who is it, Eric? Wildly. It's his gun. Oh, Wiley. Wiley. Yeah. It, he, it, it sounds like Wildly in the movie, but it is, in fact, Wildly. Wildly? Oh, sorry. He's like, Wildy. 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 I'm wildy, reading it yeah. It's Wildy. He's like, my friend Wildy is on his way. My friend Wildy is coming. And so he has ordered wildy. a gun, which is a Wildly, wildy hunting pistol. Uh, and essentially what that is, three bullets. is a handheld elephant gun. It's used for, like... <laughs> Safari big hunting. Game hunting. Yeah, yeah big game it's hunting. insane. It's got the stopping power to get through the hide of like a rhino. It's a bummer. Uh, he does. We do see him making his own bullets. Uh, mm-hmm. He loads the gunpowder in himself um, because that's the only way you can know. Nothing's too good for our friends. That's um, true. And so he decides to set a trap for the giggler he walks down to the store um with his brand new camera uh he buys some ice cream he's got (laughs) he's got himself a push pop 
Oh and yeah, he loves his ice. He's like, I'm gonna go grab me stuff an ice cream. I'm gonna get me an ice cream. Uh, and so then the giggler steals the camera from him outside, and then uh, Paul swiftly shoots him in the back, uh, <laughs> kills him in the streets. Uh, yeah, literally like, yeah, he got blows the giggle. Blows a hole the size of a baseball through this guy um, and walks away. And yeah. the police come and they're like, this is great. Uh, they, they, uh, One cop who is like, hey, should we investigate who did this? And uh, Schreiker, of course, is like, nah, we did this. Uh, so they get to claim that. The gang is furious. They killed the giggler. They killed the giggler. <laughs> Not the giggler, man. So, um, I did, I did take a note here that not a single person in the neighborhood is against vigilantism, uh, that not a single point is raised, um, including, including, um, the love interest who, uh, gosh, what the Oof, hell is this is a rough scene. Uh, my gosh, what the fuck is her name? Public defender, Catherine Davis, mm. um, so, woof. She drives into his rough neighborhood specifically to find him and ask him out. Yep. She was, like, so smitten with his, like, not Weird. wanting to Weird press charges thing. against the police that she just had to have a date with him. Mm-hmm. Um, and they do have a date, and it's fucking super weird. He goes to her, like basement apartment and they have dinner and then there's like a super my, my other saving silverman is a super intense close-up of their kissing oh, yeah. like well, every smooch is an extreme close-up of their <laughs> lips and it's like you can see how uncomfortable it would be to kiss the mustache on on uh charles bronson's face it just looks prickly and Every time they kiss, it is a close-up on their lips. Uh, yucky, yucky, yucky. Um, so this is also re- where uh, where Catherine reveals to uh, Kersey that she is pro-vigilante justice, uh, despite being a public defender and who constantly criticizes the police. Uh, she thinks that uh, she just wished someone could, someone could take things into their own hands and and do something about all these gangs. She's considering leaving the city. <laughs> so that's cool. Um. Uh. So they they um. There's a, another scene where Paul throws a gang member off the roof. Uh. Everyone's like, "All right, rock and roll, keep going." Uh, then he has another date with uh, Catherine, uh, where they're going to dinner in actually a nice part of town. They're like not in the gang neighborhood anymore. They're not even on the turf. Uh, but the the leader Manny Fraker has followed them and waits until Paul goes in to pick up film or something. I don't know. And He's and he, he knocks. Was he picking Cath- up a push pop and ice cream? Was he picking up an ice cream? I don't think so because they were on their way to dinner. Hmm. Maybe he's got to... Oh, he's got to pick up his mail. He, like, Uh, it's his mail sent somewhere else. Which makes sense. He lives in a shitty neighborhood. Uh, mm -hmm. So, Catherine is knocked unconscious uh, by Manny. And 
and the car is just pushed downhill into oncoming traffic where it just kind of hits another car and instantly explodes. Oh my god. Killing killing the love interest. Yeah, dead. Paul is unmoved by this. He's like, damn. This is, I think, just so, like, there's, like, for the audience, a justification for him to go all out. But, like, he doesn't seem, like, that bummed. Not at all. He actually never mentions it. Ever. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, That is also true. So... So, the police... Schreiker kind of comes to see him and is like, hey, can you take it easy for... Well, he came to him before and was like, hey, can you take it easy for the next couple days? Um, We're actually going to do some busts and we don't want you getting involved. And then the girlfriend gets like straight up exploded and Schreiker comes in and is like, I really need you to take it easy. And and Paul is like, "Eh, I'm probably not going to. And so he is placed under protective custody. Um, Schreiker fears that he's in too deep. Uh, so, <laughs> uh, what do I? What do I have to? What are we doing here? Um, he, there is. There's a part where he gets like trapped, like he gets tricked. In the same way he's been, like, tricking this gang the whole movie, Paul gets, like, doesn't recognize a trap that that Manny has set for him and, like, follows him into, like, a dark alley where he's, like, ambushed. He loses his big, dumb elephant gun. Um, and uh, I think he throws another... He end, like, he gets chased around and then, ends like, the gang is, like, shooting at him and they, he ends up throwing another guy off a roof. Uh, so at then then he's in protective custody, uh, and Bennett, who is the old man that he met, who is was also friends with Charlie, his taxi shop gets blown up, uh, and he decides oh that he's gonna follow Paul's example and is also gonna be a vigilante, and he's gonna use one of Charlie's insane machine guns, like Gatling gun, that he has, and he's gonna just take out the gang. Uh, but the gun jams and the gang cripples <laughs> Bennett. Just like fucking swarms well, they, like, him. It's weird. They, and like, they throw the him floor. off the roof. Yeah, they throw him off the roof, but he's fine. He, he's, he, like, he lands in garbage, so he's all right. Yeah. Um, but like he's in the hospital, and Kersey is allowed to leave protective custody to go see Bennett in the hospital. Uh, and then he escapes and tells him. Ex- and Bennett's like, I know, hey, I have another one of those machine guns. Uh, why don't you just take it and take to the streets and kill uh, everybody you see so Kersey <laughs> meets up with Rodriguez who is a fully in on killing people at this point um he's got he's got some kind of gun that I have never heard of or seen again in my life it's it's like a pop gun but it's oh, it, yes. it looks like a blow dart gun but it's like a it's like a pump where you pump it and it just like shoots something it's like a shotgun, like a yeah, shotgun shell, but it's not. It doesn't have a trigger. You just like you just pull these two things together. I, I, it looks insane. Um, so Manny, uh, has sent out sent out for reinforcements. Um, so game. Uh, I guess Manny has a boss. Um, 
and so like 12 other gangs who are also you could tell they're gangs because they're also uh chock a block with uh they call them for reinforcements yeah they call them for reinforcements of like a whole bunch of other gangs around the city show up a lot of like biker gangs um none of them have like the same like symbol on their foreheads as the original gang so i don't know how they're all connected but I, I think the movie just assumes that all gangs are friends um which historically is not the case um and oh hey by the way the name of the guy that got thrown off the roof was cuban oh yes he was the other one that we get a little nickname for mm-hmm. um so basically the streets are swarming with gang members who are causing so much chaos. They're blowing up buildings. They're attacking anyone who's on the streets. And and it's just chaos. The police can't get a handle on it. Um, so Kersey and Rodriguez have collected weapons. They're going around with the uh, the box full of bullets that, that, that Rodriguez is feeding into the giant machine gun. And they're just mowing down people. Like, left and right. Um, and the other neighbors see this and they're inspired to also get their guns and, uh, take to the streets, take killing the gang. So all of like the geriatrics around are like taking guns and killing the gang as well. Um, so Shriker's getting as many police in there as possible. Uh, (laughs) So together they're just like kind of strategically taking out the gang like like it's just an extended basically it's a war scene in the city mm-hmm. um and it's just like people are just dying 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 things are blowing up uh i i don't have a lot of notes here because it's just an extended like fight firefight yeah like the last what 10 minutes of the movie is just like explosion maybe more fight. honestly yeah, 20 15 minutes um so basically oh you get to see you do get to see um rodriguez uses weird pump gun and it just like blows it literally blows up a building yeah it does um also uh there is a uh rocket launcher that oh has been God, that has been lying in wait at the apartment um <laughs> and so uh Kersey goes back to get more ammo but manny finds him um and so, but Stryker comes in and saves, saves, uh, Kersey by shooting Manny, but it's not enough because he was wearing a bulletproof jacket. And so Manny's about to kill them both. Uh, and, but luckily Kersey has access to that fucking bazooka and he shoots, he shoots, shoots Manny with a bazooka, blows up the whole side of the building. Yeah. Um, the, the Manny's, one of Manny's girlfriends sees the building blow up and is instantly like instantly aware <laughs> that Manny is dead. Like, is like, yeah. that's definitely where Manny was. Manny has died. And she like calls the gang off. She's like, let's roll out. I think it's kind of like, I think she becomes the leader of the gang, which is kind of cool. Um, she's like a punk girl and she, uh, leads the gang out of the neighborhood. Uh, 
so yeah so basically yeah there's like a standoff like the 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 neighbors are like across the street the gang is there and then it's like are they gonna clash again and then this this lady is like no let's get the fuck out of here so there's a big celebration the police sirens are coming in there's more reinforcements on the way uh and then Shriker basically (laughs) is like "Ah, you should get out of here like, <laughs> Which I'll doesn't make finally... sense because, like, you told them to do this. It's the Dark Knight ending. It's yeah. the Dark Knight ending. And He's so like, Cursey just like kind of like blame. takes packs a bag and walks off into the street, and he's off, off, off to off to a new neighborhood to cause chaos elsewhere. <laughs> and that's where the movie just fucking ends. Death Wish Three, baby. That's Death Wish Three. Oof! Uh, wow! Wowie zowie! It was something. It, I, this what were your is, Silvermans, um, by the way? I didn't catch them. On the here. Silvermans were. Uh, I had Alex Winters uh, as okay. a gang member. Um, I had uh, Old Man Strength and okay. uh, the Chain Work. The Chain Work, yes. You okay. gotta love the Chain Work. I agree. All so, right. uh, Death Wish What's Three. The game? What's the game? What what are the what are Here's the, the game? Here's the game. Trivia. We're just gonna do factor fiction here. IMDB okay. factor fiction. Okay. So you got I'm gonna give you a fact, you gotta tell me if it's true or not. Okay. So okay, according to a book written about Charles Bronson's life called Bronson's Loose, which sounds great. I really should read this. <laughs> that sounds awesome. Um it's by Paul Talbot. Uh the original working title of Death Wish uh, three was Death Wish III because the second movie was Death Wish III, uh, mm-hmm. but they changed it to Death Wish the number three because the Canon Group uh, conducted a survey that found that nearly half of the U.S. populations could not read Roman numerals. Fact. That's a fact. Half of them. That's crazy. It's three though. It's yeah, not that's IV. Weird. That's a weird it's one. three. If it was yeah. four, I could see them making that point. <sighs> Ridiculous. <laughs> okay, so apart from the establishing shots of New York, at and it's the also beginning. weird because the Super Bowl uses Roman numerals. Like it's that's like the exactly. only exactly. weird. For it's like, a weird what, for like yeah. thirty years. Ugh, whatever. Yeah. All right. So apart from the establishing shots of New York at the beginning, the film was mostly shot in Chicago. Fact. False. It was mostly shot in London, England. What? <laughs> yes. And as as beca- because principal photography was mostly shot in London, the movie featured extras and background artists playing a variety of characters. You know what? Looking back, it does have like a London vibe. Who? Looking what? back, it does have like a London vibe. Right. Like the yeah. architecture. Well, that's remember we, we were watching. It was like like where I, is this? Yeah, like, this is it not didn't nowhere. Feel like New York. Yeah, it did not feel like New York. But the but the um the audible do- dialogue from all the extras had to be dubbed because it was clearly in various English accents. Yeah. So, uh, they went in post production. Uh, director Michael Winner just like went to like military personnel and asked them to just like dub over all of the English accents. So like all of the gang members had English accents. Right, Augov. All right, so Charles Bronson rarely grants inter- granted interviews or uh, or commented on any of his own films. However, he plainly stated his unhappiness with this film at least a few times, uh, and he was especially angered when he discovered 
that the director had filmed extremely gory shots of extras uh, and uh, nameless thugs when he was not there, when he was offset. Mm-hmm. All right. I mean, that probably sounds like true to me. Yeah, it sounds it's true. Because basically, whenever Charles Bronson wasn't on set, the director would film like super gory shit. And then when Charles Bronson saw the movie, he's like, what is this? Yeah. What is all this stuff? So that ends the true, uh, the tr- truth or fiction. But this is a, a little guessing game that I have four questions that I want you to take a stab at here. All right. So what percentage of the budget was just for Charles Bronson? What percentage went just to him? I would say 30%. 30%. It's a little high. It's actually it was, uh, a, sixth, a sixth of the $10 million budget went directly to him. So 16%. Wow. He got uh, $1.5 million. Good for him. Yeah. I could see why he did more of these, apparently. Yeah. All right, so how old... That's good money, too, back in the day. How old was Bronson when he filmed this movie? I would say he was in his late 50s, so I would say 58, 57. He was 64. Hmm. How old was his love interest in this movie? She was late 20s, 28, 27, She was 30. She was 32, literally half his age. Jesus Christ. Now, if you had to guess, what would you say the body count in this movie was? But I'm going to give you I'm going to give you a range here so you don't go too high. Okay. Between 1 and 100. I would say it's 30, 32. It's 83. 83 oh people my God. Kill, killed in this movie. Jesus Christ. All right, and the rest <laughs> of this is just facts I'm going to read for you. Okay. Uh, Alex Winter. These are uh, the 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 Winters facts. Alex Winters recalled filming a scene where Charles Bronson, uh, filming the scene where he hits uh, Charles Bronson, like hits him with the lead pipe that he finds in the garage, mm-hmm. uh, and he recalls that it took longer than anticipated because Bronson uh, didn't show up to do it. Oh my uh, god! <laughs> after a while, double. the director was like, "What do you we show? Come and do like." Do your he job. To, he went to find Charlie, <laughs> Charles Bronson. He's like, Charlie, we all want to go home. Can you please come and hit this guy so that we can go home? And Charles Bronson was like, I can't hit this kid. He looks like a... F- uh, here, let me do a Bronson here. I can't hit this kid. He looks like a fucking choir boy. I'll lose my audience. So he didn't want to hit Alex Winters because he looked <laughs> like a baby. <laughs> um, also, He'll Alex lose Winters his audience. Alex Winter's character was originally supposed to be part of the rape scene, uh, but Winter really didn't want to be part of that. Uh, so Good he met uh, an extra who was really clamoring for a bigger role in the film, and is like tagged him in. He's like made him do the rape scene, good which probably him. is good, really good for Alex Winter's career. I think it's probably hard to bounce back from being in a rape scene. Yeah. Uh, all right, so this was the first Death Wish movie that uh, was made after the uh, Bern- Bernie Getz vigilante shooting mm-hmm. in New York. Uh, so Charles Bronson had to like publicly state that uh, he recommended people not imitate his character from the movie. So he was aware that people were kind of taking this as like an inspiration to... Enjoy a little slice of vigilante justice. Um, pretty rough stuff there. Not great. Um, yeah. 
but uh, and not the not the worst movie I've seen. I, I definitely enjoyed how hard it's, in the paint they were going for it. It's like yeah. that over the top kind of in a, over the top in a very different way than than um, Double Team, but still very much over the top. Yes, like so many so many explosions went into this. Like the last like. The whole like the bazooka ending the movie like that yeah. is like awesome. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. The uh, <laughs> Chekhov's bazooka. Yeah, that was awesome. It's wild. Um. Yeah, but Lee, even when he like has the bazooka, he's like, I can't fucking use this unless they're like all <laughs> like standing together. <laughs> all right, Colton. All right, so I think we need to spin the wheels, right? Yeah, I'll, I'll spin. We got uh, we got one last uh, one last step before we we change it up a little bit and do a little theming. Mm. So Colton, you will be watching. The wheel is spinning. It is spinning. Okay. It is slowing down. Oh boy. Ooh, Samurai Cop. Have you seen this already? No, but I've I have had it on my list for a long time. It seems like so, the kind of weird pulpy shit I would be into. Yeah. So Samurai Cop is our film of the of the week for you, and then your punishment if you cannot finish Samurai Cop will be spinning, stopping. Ooh, Tacoma FD. I don't know what that is. That's the uh, God. We've we've had this discussion on on here. It's the guys. Who oh, did, is that uh, the Brickleberry thing? It's not Brickleberry. It's, it's the, the guy, same guys who do Brickleberry, isn't it? No, it's the guys who did um, Oktoberfest the movie. Remember Oktoberfest the movie? Oh, oh, the Broken Lizard guys. Okay, yeah, I, Broken I, Lizard I, guys. I'm mixing it up with like a Netflix show. Yeah. All right, let's see what you got to do. My friend, you are going to be watching Clifford with Clifford. Marty Short. Oh, yeah. Okay. Are you a Clifford fan? I'm not a Clifford fan, but I do love Marty Short. Okay. I hear this one's a challenge. All right. So my punishment, if I cannot finish it, will be... Oof. The Ranch. The Ranch! Is that show still going without... uh, No, it ended. It ended. But that show went on way longer than you think. How many seasons do you think the range I'm going to guess four seasons. All right. I think it might have a little bit more than that, but that's a pretty good guess. It ran from 2016 to 2020. 80 episodes. 80 episodes is is way more than I anticipated. Yeah, four seasons. I think they did... I want to say they did seasons three three and four without Danny Masterson. Yeah, if Danny Masterson hadn't been so uh, so me too, so so rightly and badly, but uh, they probably would have broken the hundred. Yeah. Woof. Well, R.I.P. the Ranch. Fuck you, Danny Mastersons, and thank you, audience, for tuning in. We'll see you next week with Clifford and uh, what the heck is that? Samurai Cop. And Samurai Cop. That's gonna be a strange combo, but here we go. Thank you. Bye.